A couple of questions to ponder. Do you have the resources to make sure your organization is as secure as possible? Are you using the right tools or could some of those tools be compromised? How do you know that you are up to date on every single threat that is out there? Does your IT team need an IT team? I'm James Hilliard. Welcome to another Tech Experience podcast from Connection. On this episode, some insights into what our managed services team does to help customers secure their environments. Folks, joining us today is John Cirillo. He is the Managed Services Director. He has over 25 years experience designing, supporting, and securing complex IT environments. He supervises the activity of the Connection Knock and SOC teams. He has authored nearly a dozen IT and security books, including two that have been endorsed by the Department of Defense. Glad to have John on board. He is joined by Tony Tay. He's our Services Business Development Manager. Over 30 years of experience in strategic IT business development, management planning, and program management. Glad to have both these guys on board. And really, folks, at the highest level, this chat is geared at helping you and your teams look at a serious question. Who is protecting your network, and can more be done? With that, I sat down with Tony and John, turned to Tony to kick things off, and he shared with me some insights into the top security breach challenges that IT teams like yours are facing today. Well, it's really interesting. I, there's three reports that John kind of shared with me a while back or a few months ago, and it's really about the security breaches from 2021. Articles were from IBM, Verizon, and ESET. So the interesting part was that they said that social engineering attacks are the greatest threat to the public administration, accounting for over 69% of the breaches. That's a pretty high number there. The other part was uh, they were focusing on phishing attacks, saying that 36% of the breaches, and this is up by 11% from last year. So again, that's a, a pretty good, significant increase. And here's the other part that's kind of scary, and this is the third part they're focusing on, and it's pilfered user credentials, and that accounts for over 20% of the breaches. So all of these three really present a very significant threat to these public administration and other accounts as well. So the key part is, you know, why should you really care about this, right? And then those are the key questions. You know, those are three breaches, but why is it important? Well, the average cost for a breach now has gone up. In the, it's the highest it's been in 17 years. It's now to 4.24 million, up from 10% last year. So that's for each breach. Then you're looking at 82% of the organizations admitted to increasing cybersecurity spend up to 15% of the IT budget. And that's an astonishing amount, right? So that's you know, a significant amount when you think about the IT budget having a lot to do with purchasing of the hardware as well as the support services associated. So that's a significant impact to the budget. So the net of you know, what they told and talked about really is how do you best protect yourself as an organization with this? And one is really to use a zero trust approach. And that's, and that's what IBM is saying really will help you reduce the cost. And then not only that was Accenture added by saying that cybersecurity strategy, in addition to that cybersecurity trust, uh, the zero trust approach is, has to be developed with business objectives in mind, right? So in other words, you can't create these strategies that inhibit the business from actually operating. 
right? And one of those scenarios when I was running a compliance program, that happened to be a very big problem. You know, the controls wanted to be so tight to the point where you can't run the business anymore, right? It, it becomes ineffective at, at that point. So too cumbersome. So that's really what, you know, the, the article really was alluding to and what we need to focus on for clients, especially in the public sector. And Tony, I mean, you and I have talked, I've talked with many others. We saw all these phishing attacks, ransomware. I mean, just a huge uptick those in the last several months, years. Um, another issue that I'm aware of, and, and sometimes I'm still probably the, the, the culprit as well, um, passwords, logins, things like that. We might use it at the corporate site, but we put it on our social media sites. We use it in our you know, personal worlds as well. So, so stealing of credentials is also a major, major issue out there. Yeah. And it's what we call, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, right? That, that's 20% of the total breaches. It's one of the stats that was provided by IBM, right? And if you look at that report, it's pretty it's scary how big that is. You know, if you think about it, 20% of your company just right now, right? If you take a, a group of a thousand people, 200 credentials have been given away and you had no idea. So you've opened the door for 200, you know, users, right? Uh, you know, or weak usernames and passwords that were, were extracted, for example, from your Facebook account or from whatever other account of social media you may be using and people are using that and it could also be you know bottom line you wrote it on a piece of paper somewhere on on left it on your notebook and your notebook got stolen how many times has that that happened right that's a pilfered credential as well so that is a very real um lack of better term vulnerability right that leaves yourself open in that security framework right and, and that's where we really need to address that, and, and that's what the framework allows us. And that's what John was talking about, right? We don't just use identity access management. We use privilege access management. We use unified endpoint management. So it's overall those three that encompass our overall approach, right, in addition to that threat detection response umbrella. So to wrap it all up, we're not left with just John Doe, password one, two, three, four, five, six, right? It's, is it John Doe, password one, two, three, four, five, six? What access, and John talks about from the least access up, right? So what system is John Doe allowed to use? And does he have the, the authorized endpoint by which to access that information? So that's kind of that whole umbrella that John was talking about. And then you add to that the overall threat detection umbrella, right? So you have the tools that which we put the controls in, and then you apply the logic behind that, which is the umbrella. And you were saying, you know, cumbersome rules, but it was also, you know, us peoples are pretty sneaky. And so if there's something that's in our way and a little cumbersome, we might just say, hey, let's do this, right? That old shadow IT, shadow security, whatever you want to call it, right? We would try and work around. And obviously, you know, organizations don't want that. Uh, they want to invest in the right security, the right approaches, the right mindset. And, and maybe, John, let me ask you that here ever so briefly. And then I want to talk a little bit about the framework that we at Connection have invested a in so that uh, we can share with our, our customers, right, some of the things that they might be able to utilize from us. But the mindset of investing in security, being kind of security first and all that, John, is that something that now you really are seeing in almost every conversation you have with folks? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it does correlate with the, the uptick from a perspective of what these reports are indicating and, and the necessary spend, et cetera. 
Yeah, and and to touch upon, you know, how how it integrates, you know, we'll talk about that zero trust model a little bit. We realized in conversation that a lot of customers out there are challenged with dealing with security issues. One, because it's fast and furious, never changing. Two, there is a lack of some of the qualified uh, workers out there to be working in security. So uh, our team, your team, John, focusing on right coming up with this kind of the framework and everything. Define that. Get everyone on the same page as to kind of what was the uh, uh, genesis of that and what this framework ultimately is. The bottom line is not so much framework, right? A lot of times people associate framework with tools or tech stack, and that's important. But we're, we're going to, we'll start with the approach around a foundation that is built on, you know, as Tony mentioned, business objectives, technology, that's where kind of that framework comes in and policies and procedures. So, and to tie this into what IBM would say, right? What we do is we embrace a zero trust model that is context-based. So what this includes would be Identity access management. So this helps control user access to information. Privileged access management. And this is for protecting users with elevated rights. And then there's unified endpoint management, which does exactly that. Meaning it you know, centrally allows us to manage secure and provision resources. Now, what we do is we help our customers tuck all of this under a threat detection response umbrella. And this takes them down a path of best defense. And Tony, that's the, I think, missing component sometimes in our tech world, regardless of what the technology is, people are looking, oh, this technology is going to do something for us. That technology, oh, the new one, hey, there's the shiny one, let's do that one too. But that's not the case. If you don't have a mentality, if you don't have a mindset, and if if everyone in your org isn't there at the same place... I kind of don't care what the technology is. I don't know if it's going to help you to the fullest amount that it could if everyone was in the same mindset. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the message, right? It's understanding that business objective, right? Where you're going. But the key part is balancing that with a security you know, solution, right? It's not uh, one easy button, one size fit all. There's no silver bullet, right? It's a balance of those items that you mentioned above, right? So, or earlier. Right? It's the understanding the business objectives, then applying the best defense approach, right? So that John was talking about. And then you balance the two with, you know, how do I still keep the objectives in mind, but yet secure it enough to where I still can function as a business. So it's, again, it's not the shiny object that, that wins the race, right? There's so many tools out there. Everybody has their widget. But how do you encompass that widget in a true strategy and approach? And I think that's the key part of John's and our message here is how we deliver that. I'm not putting down the tools and the technologies because they are needed. But again, it's kind of foundational. You start with the people. You start with that mindset. You get there. And then you evolve into what is the right tool for us to mitigate the right security issue that we're facing. Um, people need to prioritize what their security issues are. That's also one of the things I know, uh, John, that you and team help folks do is there is so much out there in the security space. You help them prioritize what is it you need to go after first? What do you need to shore up in terms of defenses? What are the right tools then at that point to help out and all that? That's kind of part of our, our process working with customers, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of wanted to add to that. And let me kind of 
you know, one of the things to, it's a good way to illustrate is like an example, right? So, or how we go about, you know, what we've heard, right? And one of those was, you know, let's take it, for example, the phishing attacks, right? It was connected to 36% of the breaches, increase of 11%, so pretty high increase, which in part could be attributed to COVID itself, right? The pandemic started this malicious activity for lack of a better term. And as we might've expected, you know, threat actors have been, you know, they're getting more sophisticated in their phishing campaigns. They're being smarter on what it is that they're doing. So a tool set won't necessarily know what to do, but it's that approach. So I, I did want to ask John, right? So how could our framework, right? You know, based on this example of how would it, right? Illustrate or mitigate this risk? That's a, a great example. And it does correlate with that whole mindset, right? That, that James is bringing up here. Because, you know, the mindset, is, is all about understanding, right? So it's the, that relationship between data and the integrity of it, um, et cetera. And you know, when it comes to phishing, it's a good point because it's, it, you can't just rely on technology. Now, phishing in and of itself is among the most common attack vectors and the variations of attack types are easy to deploy. So you know, generally speaking, we help our customers at multiple layers, such as in things you've heard of, right? Email security, around advanced filtering, especially when it happens in the cloud, endpoint and mobile security, and account and data protection, right? But even with those in place, malicious emails can get through to these users. So to that end, what our solution is, is about when it comes to, to this you know, uh, particular attack factor is developing and managing security awareness programs, right? So we're, we're trying to enhance the mindset uh, and the understanding awareness of those users. So we do that with our customers. And in the industry calls it like continuous user education or security awareness training. But then it, it does tie in with technology because on the technology side, we provide automated detection, but it, it has heads up notifications. And these are based on real-time trending through threat intel sources that we have. So we can sort of inform users uh, you know, a given sort of a little heads up message, nothing that, you know, it's in layman's terms and it's, it doesn't belabor, you know, the, the content, but uh, just a quick heads up. Hey, look out for these things. I did want to ask, you know, and John, you bring up a really good point, right? So, you know, where does the tool set really fit in? And the fun, funny part is you mentioned, you know, the, the importance of a tool set, but yet I think what you're, I'm also hearing from you is in our approach, we're using multiple tools and multiple threat feeds to really quantify is there a real threat or not, right? For example, uh, you know, one of the articles also focused on the manufacturers or publishers themselves being attacked, right? Like in 2021, in midway of the year, Kaseya was hit, right? That caused over 70 million in ransomware itself. So is, is that what you're referring to where the, the framework can help? Absolutely. And it's funny because your timing is impeccable, right? Especially considering the latest, you know, spring for shell vulnerability. I mean, even today, right? We're receiving notices and more information on this particular supply chain compromise. And that's where tools in and of themselves are, you know, can be at risk because they leverage standard frameworks. In this case, you know, it's like the spring Java framework, et cetera. Um, so, you know, Aside from taking a layered approach with security controls, and by the way, we could spend an hour discussing those at even at a high level. Um, but what we do is we enforce principles of least privilege. And, and so what that is, is 
It's, it's each process has only the rights required to accomplish a task. And then we combine that with separation of duties. And these are well-known terms, right? But it translates to these tasks that are being performed by different modules in our tech stack. So in addition to that, we deploy real-time file integrity monitoring with unique file signature checks, right? So we keep tabs on our tools or framework uh, real time. So we keep tabs on those, you know, the particular processes and files for, for changes, et cetera, that a bad actor may, you know, employ to, to take advantage of a vulnerability. But we combine that with configuration behavioral analysis with vulnerability scanning, and that's performed every four hours by default. So in other words, our solution is designed to fit securely into our customers' environment by adhering to compliance and best practices, you know, the things we're sort of talking about here, you know, we end up reducing the risk to an acceptable level. You know, you obviously can't guarantee security, but the key is to reduce it to that acceptable level. That is such a key point. And it, it's unfortunately, I guess, Tony, a, a scary point at where we find ourselves in the world today, because I don't know, there, it used to be a question. I would talk to security folks years ago and said, who's ahead? The good guys or the bad guys? And it was, well, this month, kind of the good guys are ahead. We're blocking more stuff. And they're, you know, and, and I'm talking back in old school, right? Security uh, breaches and all. And, and these days, it just does seem like we're still playing catch up. And to what John's saying, we're not going to be 100%, but we're trying to get teams to that acceptable level and get them on their best footing possible and then maintain that and it sounds like and again we're going to dive into a little bit deeper uh you know on the framework in in success for customers but but that's what we're trying to do is get them to the best possible place absolutely it's that you know what is ideal for them right um and putting a, a server in a closet is not one of the best ways to do it Hey, allowing John Doe to borrow my credentials so he can perform a task is not that way, right? So that's why you've got a lot of these two-factor authentication methods now hitting every platform out there to at least try to curb some of that, right? But that's kind of where it is. That's why the tool is not one thing. It's a combination of those tools. One more thing, I just I, I love trying to get insight into what customers tell us. And so, John, let me let me ask you, and, and Tony, if you want to add in, feel free. But in terms of that acceptable risk level, John, is there still a, a lot of variety there? Is that a wide acceptable risk, especially when we're talking about you know government agencies, uh, et cetera, in in this space? Or is it a little more narrow? Do you find that from customer to customer to customer, that acceptable risk is is kind of closer together? Just your observations or feedback you hear from teams? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. And what we're seeing is that you know there's a crosswalk between regulations from a compliance perspective. And a lot of these organizations have, you know, some compliance initiatives. And that correlation, you know, boils down to, or crosswalk, boils down to common denominators. And that's what we've done at Connection is put together this, you know, framework from a perspective of those common denominators that speak to all of our different customer types. So it really helps them, you know, build that foundation. Um, yeah, but, you know, to answer your, your point earlier, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's, it is sort of like a catch up and it's always going to be a catch up. We, we believe at least, um, you know, and, and we're affiliated with a lot of different organizations, 
but uh, it, it seems like sort of the bad actors are ahead of the game and we're always playing catch up, but that's where that acceptable risk comes in. You know, you need to operate, right? So let's find a, you know, that the common denominators, put them in place and reduce the risk to a level that, you know, we can function. And I wanted to add something to what John was saying, right? It's, you ask, you know, almost like, you know, what is the minimum best practice, right? As to how do I discern what's right for my business, James? That's kind of the, what you were alluding to, right? What was interesting in a lot of the most recent conversations that I've had is the clients have adopted a lot of these tools. So the tools are out there. They're starting to collect all these logs from all these tools. And what's hit right now is they're not sure what is right. And the reason why it's, they're not sure what is right anymore is because they're getting thousands of these alerts, hundreds of thousands of these alerts a day. So part of the question that I've been asked is they are looking for a better way to filter through those alerts to find out what makes sense and what doesn't, which is another part of a key piece of John's framework is to be able to do that behavior analysis and not just compare that to, you know, one or two threat feeds, right? So that is a huge value add there. And then during our onboarding process, John and his team help define what is critical. So what we've also found, and based upon that onboarding process, is that they really don't know how to discern or cleanly discern what is important. And that's what our onboarding process really helps them to really quantify what are these discerning points and how do I measure this and how do I make it happen for the client. John, you want to kind of add to that or is that, did I hit that right for you, John? Yeah, I, I think you did. I, I, I do. And when I talk about our framework a little bit more, or at least our approach, it, it'll bring this all together, certainly. Well, John, let's do that. I, I want to get an idea for those listening to understand a little bit more about the framework and a little bit more about right the process. Because let's go in right now, assuming, okay, we've talked with teams and they're on the right mindset path with us. Um, but we're saying, hey, we're going to help you not only understand more of maybe what you don't know, but we're going to help kind of categorize that and prioritize that and really give it clarity to just all this jumble, jumble, jumble of just information that's coming in. So, so walk us through a little more detail here. We've been discussing an approach to best defense, right, including security awareness, but with response that is adaptive. And at Connection, you know, we, we develop an offering that, you know, is extended detection response and remediation. So we like to call it XDR squared, right? And it's sort of like the latest and greatest. And we operate as an extension of IT for our customers and address gaps, you know, by augmenting existing products. We specialize in taking data, you know, to Tony's point and performing analysis by leveraging dozens of threat intel sources. And we create repeatable processes. And during process creation, we develop self-leading scripts, which is essentially workflow, program into automation for faster response. So this allows us to essentially remove the burden from a customer's depth to figure it out. Um, our solution is based on three elements, and these are key to maintaining operational readiness against problems. And it could be productivity inhibiting problems. It could be security. We call them alert, guard, and manage. So alert offers visibility, right? It allows us to centrally identify issues and see into the environment in real time. Guard is, you know, obviously it, it sounds like security, right? So it offers protection, including that workflow automation. And then manage offers control. That's us having the staff, 
the skills and tools to react, respond, and remediate. So that's just a, you know, a connections approach from a perspective to this framework, quote unquote, that we were referencing. And again, the the goal, and even just hearing how you were detailing that, is, as you said, we're going to be playing catch up. But it's a lot easier to kind of catch up. Let me do a baseball analogy. If you go down in the first inning or two by a couple runs, you still got time to catch up. What you don't want to be doing is so far behind that there's just no chance. Or maybe it's a marathon. Maybe that's a better uh, you know, analogy, right? That you don't want to get so far behind that the catching up is going to be so difficult. And so by implementing, again, not only the mindset we've talked about, some of the tools, adopting a, a framework idea, that gets people in that footing to you know continually uh, chase, but chase it and and be in such a a close proximity. I guess maybe still eyes on, uh, you know where where the issues are. Is that analogy, Tony, resonating at all with you, or did I <laughs> I totally miss that mark? No, I, I think you, the baseball analogy is I, I, as you're talking, I'm just kind of envisioning you know, every pitcher, or I should say, really good pitchers know the batter that's on deck, right? Or that's, a, that's in the box. And if you know that this batter is going to continually nail your fastballs, you're not going to throw him another fastball. But if your security tool only allows you to throw the fastballs, he's going to hit it out of the park every time, right? So John's, John's solution really is about mixing it up to the fact that, okay, we know this guy's hitting a fastball. Let's throw a curveball in. Let's throw a slider in. Let's you know, throw a sinker in, right? So that's another example. I, like to your point is the workflows and the analogies and how it responds to it based upon what the environment is showing us. And you have to be adaptive. You have to be agile. And that's what our methodology really is about. It's we on a monthly basis and sometimes on a weekly basis, depending upon what the client is seeing, is we'll go through what we're seeing, the pattern recognition of what we're seeing with the client. And say, okay, we, here's where we need to adjust, right? And we quit throwing a, a fastball to this guy. Let's start throwing sliders and curveballs, right? See what he does with those. So that's kind of to, to relate to that analogy a little bit. So, John, am I, you know, do you have anything to add? I'm just trying to kind of color it a little bit, but I think it's kind of hitting the mark. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just want to say that, you know, the model that we put together enables our team to more thoroughly identify known, but it's the unknown issues, right? It, it, to have the capability from a behavioral, from a user and attacker perspective, et cetera, you know, um, including threat hunts that we provide in our customers' environments. But together, because I mentioned we're the extension of IT for our customers, together our engineers maintain 24-7 vigilance, right, of our customers' networks. Um, and, you know, we offer different roles from a perspective of our engineers and staff, you know, that augment uh, our customer staff. So, um, you know, when you put all this together with following the, the framework, the common denominators we talked about, the XDR squared, it really, you know, again, takes our customers down a, a, that path of, of best defense. We can sit here all day long and say, hey, this is what we've developed. This is what we're trying to do for folks. This is what our promise is. But I'd love uh, you know, both of you to take a moment here. And, and folks, I'm going to give you some more contact information, summarize things in, in, in a bit here. But um, maybe, John, starting with you and then Tony from you, true 
life customer feedback after teams have engaged and after teams have started uh, being able to rely on us as that extension of their IT. What, what's some of the, the memorable feedback that's come back to you, John, where someone said, man, y'all said this was going to be what we're going to get. This might be where we are postured, you know, after engaging and, but something else came to him that like that, that wow moment, that aha moment, that something like, man, we got more than we expected. Is it something come to mind, John? Yeah, I'd say in general, you know, across the board, our, our customers, again, when we're talking about helping them with that foundation, right? Our customers will um, have us run through an assessment during our characterization, you know, of, of this contract with them. And, will find out or enlighten them in terms of a percentage of compliance to, to these best practices or to this framework or to this approach. And on average, our customers are scoring anywhere between, say, 40 and 60%. And then what we're doing is within three to six months, we're bringing them up to over 98% compliance across the board. So that's kind of a, a fantastic metric you know, that, that we're hearing back uh, from our customers. Tony, what about you? What's something that, you know, has been some type of feedback that you've heard from the customer base and you've just kind of sat back and smiled and said, all right, we're, we're doing it. I'll, I'll go back to the baseball analogy. We hit it out of the park. For me, it's, it's a way our contracts are, sked, are, are created and constructed. And the constant renewals is testament on its own. John, I think you've had multiple customers in our portfolio that have been with us 10 plus years as the solution grows, right? It continues to develop. Another one just recently, right? Um, the client that John, that we brought on about less than six months ago and what we've discovered, they're just saying, oh, I need more more support, right? And they're, they're adding more things to our plate, right? That means that we've built the confidence with them on the, the limited focus and now they're adding to the scope of what they'd like for us to cover with them. Uh, what some clients start off with you know, just doing one area. Oh, we just want the SOC services to do this. And then they start adding, okay, can I help get you guys to help me with some administrative duties, right? And the scope starts expanding. So the testament to the quality of the teams that we have supporting our clients, our model that we have within our contracts, we are incented to continue to show performance and success. That's the net of the way our contracts are, are structured. And the net of it is, if they keep renewing, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding there, Tony. Great way to wrap us up. My thanks to Tony and to John for this chat. And again, folks, at the beginning, I told you that at the highest level, this chat was geared at helping you and your teams look at a serious question. Who's protecting your network? Can more be done? And as Tony and John laid out, plenty of threats. Those are going to continue to grow. They will continue to change. And many teams do find that they can't keep up. And that is why the connection team has been so focused on providing managed services to IT teams. And really, as John said, to allow connection and our teams to be an extension of your team. Folks, again, high-level chat. More stories are available. More details about the security feeds that the connection team monitors. More details available regarding the proprietary correlation engine that the team utilizes. And you are encouraged to reach out to your account team to learn more. If you're new, head online to govconnection.com 
bottom of the page several ways that you can connect with us. And as for our Tech Experience podcast, please continue to like and share and make sure you are subscribed so that you can continue to tune in for our latest conversations. With that, we are going to wrap things up. James Hilliard on behalf of the entire Connection team. Be safe, be well, and we look forward to talking to you all down the road.